0: Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome again to Bad Day, and we're studying the worst day ever, the worst bad day, Jesus when he was crucified. And on that bad day, he ended up hanging on a cross, and he made seven statements, and they're recorded in our Bible. You have to go to all four Gospels and find all of them, but he made them so you and I could use them when we're going through a bad day. As a matter of fact, there to be a light that lights our path as we're walking through our bad days. So we're looking this weekend at number six, and here's how it reads. John 19, 30. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now, another gospel lets us know he said one more thing. He said, God, into your hands I commend my spirit. But this week, what a phrase. It is finished. How's that supposed to help you through a bad day? I'm going to show you how it will help you. And I just want you to, first of all, just understand what does it mean when he said it's finished. So uh, it's about your salvation and the fact that God did everything he could possibly ever do in regards to your salvation. And that is finished. So I thought I'd break it down in two ways. We could break it down in 20, but just two, just to get the jest so we can go on from here. And here's the first one. Our redemption is finished. And your redemption is simply this. Jesus did everything that could possibly ever need to be done so that your sins could be washed away, so that you could be forgiven, and so that you can be changed forever. It's, it's finished. And I like how it's spoken in Ephesians 1.4. Long ago, even before he made the world, God chose us to be his very own through, through what Christ would do for us. And I know it's tough to understand, but God created time and he stands above time. And before time was ever created, he knew mankind would need a savior. So he, he decided my son, God, the son who we call Jesus would come and redeem us. And then listen to the next part of this verse. He decided then to make us holy in his eyes. So God decided before any man was ever created that he would make us holy. And notice this, holy means pure from sin, spotless. In his eyes, that's how God sees you. You cannot become any more holy than you are right now. Can we live it on the outside more? Yeah, we can grow and be sanctified, live it more. But you're as holy in God's eyes as you'll ever be because he looks at you through Jesus. It goes on to say, without a single fault, he, we who stand before him covered with his love. So if you've accepted Christ as your savior, you are holy, you're spotless, you're blameless, there's no more that can be done for you. That is finished. It's finished. And then I like to say, say it this way too. Our adoption is finished. Galatians 3.26 says this, we become the children of God by placing faith in Christ Jesus. So, you know, all of us might have heard this said, we for sure, some of us have said it. You've heard the statement, we're all the children of God. That's true as far as our bodies are concerned, because we came from Adam But the only way to become a child of God is by accepting Christ. And then when we accept Christ, according to the Bible, we're born again. And we become one of God's kids. And I like the next verse, Ephesians 1, 5. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by sending Jesus Christ to die for us. And he did this because he wanted to. God chased you down. He chased me down. And we have been adopted into his family. We're children of God. It's absolutely amazing. And that's what he meant when he said it's finished. So I got to thinking, what kind of big idea can I come up with? And if you're visiting, the big idea is what I want you to walk out understanding more clearly than you've ever understood it. And and this is what came to me, and I'm gonna have fun. We're gonna have fun today going through this. And I, I just said it this way: we win even when we lose. And that is cool. Christians we win even when we lose. And you know why? Because it's finished. And I would think in this room, there has to be some competitive people, male and female. I'm super competitive. Now, let me tell you what that means for me, okay? That means that I'm okay with losing as long as I can win more than I lose. So if we play a game, I'm okay if you beat me, but I have to beat you more times than you beat me, or I just stop playing. So so, so here, here's, here's something that just happened in my life. Uh, there's this game called the wooden puzzle game. You see the picture. And I saw my wife just watching her play it f- for over a year. And one day I just thought, I'm going to try this out. Now, by the way, my wife is not competitive. And you know what that means? She's happy. And <laughs> I'm never happy because I'm competitive, right? So after about a year of watching her play it, I decided to to, to download the game, but I had to know what's your high score because I'm competitive. So she told me, I think it was 700. So my goal was I have to beat her high school. score. Of course, I'm not telling her that, but that's what I'm thinking. And so then I hit 1700 and I had to show her, hey, I beat your high score and you've been playing a year. Ha, ha, ha. And then if I love you, I'll trash talk you. So I started to trash talk her, right? So then my daughters heard it and, and, and they downloaded the game, and my daughter Michelle would never say this, but I know she was thinking it. You can't beat me, old man. I'm way quicker and better than you are, right? Now, Deanna, she's just like her dad, and she just came out and said it. She goes, there's no way an old man can beat me at this game. Well, they are trying for weeks and weeks, and they can't hit my high score, so I'm trash-talking them like crazy, my wife, my daughters, and I'm saying, you know, you guys are super creative. I have no creativity, but you have to have an engineer's mind to play this game, you know, and I'm just having fun, so then, then my, my wife's sister visits from Chicago, Michelle, and she hears about it, so she downloads it, and for that whole week she was here, she couldn't beat my high score, so I am trash-talking her, too, then she goes back to Chicago, and a couple days later, I receive a screenshot. She hit 5,000, so now I'm, like, mad, and I'm playing this game every extra moment I can, and I can't break my own 1,700, and then a couple days later, she sends another screenshot, 10,000, so then I'm, like, and after a couple weeks, I couldn't get I couldn't get past my old high score. So you know what I did? Haven't played that game in almost a half a year. <laughs> Super competitive. That's what it means to me. That's why I don't golf. I can't win more than I lose. Actually, I have never won. But I, <laughs> I golfed for two years and never won a game. So I thought, right, I'm going to find something else. So here's why I share stories. This is what this one's all about, guys. Even for competitive people like me, Man, it's awesome to be a Christian because we win even when we lose. And it's nice to know no matter what happens in our life, we still win. So here's a scripture for you. It's absolutely, this is a cool scripture. It's Romans 8.35 and it says this, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Now the question's being asked, can anything separate you from Uh, the love of God. And these are all kind of bad days. Now, uh, nakedness just means extreme poverty and famine means regional poverty, like something happened in the economy that everybody's suffering and you guys know what the rest are. And here's the question, can any bad day whatsoever separate you from the love of God? And I love the answer. Here it is. Romans 8, 37 says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And you read that phrase, and many of us have heard this over and over. We're more than conquer. I, I'm preparing for this lesson. I thought, what's the Greek on that? So I look up the Greek and the literal Greek is hyperconquerors, which didn't do much for me. And, and then I, I, I just looked at the exact, the, all the definition. And here's what it says. A hyperconqueror is somebody that already won even before the battle. And I thought, I like that. We win even when we lose, right? And the reason is, is because it's finished already. So how do I apply that to my bad day, right? How do you apply that to your bad day? We're more than a conqueror, man. How do we apply to our bad day that we win even when we lose? And I just came up with three thoughts that I think will bless all of our lives. Here's the first one. We can win emotionally while we're losing. I like that. And, uh, or after we lose, it could be either way, right? We can win emotionally. Bad days can really mess up our emotions, right? It won't send us into clinical depression, but we can be bummed out. We can be depressed. Bad days can really be a downer, right? And if you get hit with a couple at a time, it can really impact you. But guess what? Your emotions can be healthy and sound even when you're going through a bad day, and I want to show you how that works. And we're, we're going to read after Paul, who had the, the most bad days out of any Christian that's ever lived. And he had some really tough times. And he said this in 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And I like this. to clay your body. And if you're a Christian, here's all he's saying inside you, there is a treasure so amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And that's all part of it's finished, right? The treasure would be when you accepted Christ, you were recreated on the inside, the real you is born again, but it goes better and bigger than that. God, the Holy Spirit, God himself lives on the inside of you. And that's all part of its finish. I mean, we win even when we lose. Why? I mean, we're filled with God. And now he's going to bring it into our emotional health. And and he goes on and he says this, Second Corinthians 2 or 4, 8, and he says, We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Now, hard-pressed means you have things coming at you from every angle, but he goes if you understand how to be emotionally sound, and he's going to talk about it, uh, you do not have to be crushed. It doesn't have to ruin you. He goes on and says this, perplexed, but not in despair. And despair is a, a, a terrible emotion. And perplexed just simply means, guys, whatever's going on in our life, we can't even figure it out. And I don't know about you, but I need to figure things out And there's just some things in life, you can't even figure out why they're happening. You can't even figure out what to do sometimes, but you don't have to be despaired. You don't have to despair. He goes on to say, says, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We're created to come back back up out of the ashes every single time. So Paul's talking about this. He's painting this picture. Then he wrote a letter to another church, Philippi, and this church was having terrible bad days. And you know what was happening with them? Uh, because they were Christians, their government turned on them and their government told them, if you don't give up Jesus Christ as your savior, if you don't start, uh, stop talking about him, we're going to take your homes from you. And we're going to see that you're fired from any job you have. So these Christians were homeless and fired. Can y'all agree that's quite a bad day? So then here's what Paul says. And this is the secret. This is how he stayed out of despair. He said this in Philippians 4, 4, rejoice, in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. He's speaking to people that are going through a terrible, terrible, bad day. So what does it mean to rejoice? Obviously, when you rejoice, you're showing joy. You guys have heard me say this many times. Joy looks just like happiness, only happiness is dependent on circumstances. And how many of us like when the circumstances are just right and they make us happy? That's, that's not bad. Thank God for happy moments in our life, Right? But you can have joy when the circumstances are terrible. And he says, you just need to learn to rejoice. But notice joy comes from rejoicing in the Lord and not in our circumstances. It's a focus issue. And what did the Lord do? He finished it. Everything's done. So what can we rejoice in? We can rejoice in everything that God has already done, everything that's been won by God and it's an absolutely amazing concept. So I want to just let you know how it works for me. I realize I'm a guy, I'm realize I'm I realize I'm one sort of guy and there's all kinds of different people, personalities. But here's how I rejoice. Whatever's going on in my life, I look for a scripture that declares the opposite. So if I'm dealing with financial situations, I just begin to thank God. That's one way I rejoice. I just thank God. I always go into a phone booth like Superman. I'm not a public kind of person with that. I go into my phone booth, right? And I just begin to thank God that he shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. If I'm dealing with something physical, I just begin to thank God that by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed, that he answers prayer. And whatever's going on, if I lose a relationship. I just thank God that I have him. And I thank God that he's going to build and bring new relationships. And I just focus on everything God's done. I do it by thanking. You know what else I do? I just find a worship song. Don't we all have these ones we just love and they electrify us when we play them? And I like some when I'm going through a tough time that are just proclaiming all that God's done. And I just turn those on and I listen to those and it just begins to build me up and make me strong. And my emotions stay Cool. I just call it focusing on what God's done. So here's a true story. My grandson Joey, he's gonna turn nine in a couple weeks. And when he was about two years old, he was with Gina and I, and it was one of those beautiful, clear, no cloud in the sky days, and it was the sky was just this beautiful blue. And we go outside with him, and he looks at me, he calls me Poppy. He goes, Poppy, why is the sky blue? And I said, well, it's always blue. And then I saw his gears. He goes, no, it's not. The sky's always gray. And I said, well, we live in northeast Ohio, and 95% of the time there's cloud coverage. But on the other side of the clouds, there's a blue, blue sky. And he's a little perplexed, and we're walking through it. I said, no, the sky's always blue. The clouds are just covering it. Finally, for two, he, he got it. He understood it. But really what God's telling us is to look past the clouds and look at the blue. And that's really how we rejoice in the Lord. And that just keeps us emotionally sound. Jesus just laid that foundation. It's finished. So we have something to rejoice over. Here's another thought. I like the second one. We, We can win spiritually while we're losing. Isn't that amazing? Now, winning spiritually just means you keep growing spiritually. You become stronger as a child of God, as a Christian, and your spiritual growth just blows up. And you can literally do it while you're going through the worst bad day ever or after you came through a bad day after a bad day, got the best of your day. You can grow spiritually. I just want to help you understand this. I think everyone in the room is is familiar with the term resistance Training, right? That's when you put some resistance on your muscles, and all of you do it different. When we were young, we did it different, right? I mean, I know when I was young, I worked out a lot in the gyms, and I had a partner, and his name was Joe, too. And we would just do our workouts with weights, and we would go crazy. He would push me, I would push him. And inevitably, while we're going through those workouts, the thoughts would cross your mind why am I wasting my time? Why am I doing this? Why am I suffering this pain, right? But then when you were done and you woke up the next day and you had, your muscles grew a little bit, you, you realized it. God made muscles to grow through resistance. And even at this age and as we get older, we need some kind of resistance uh, training or we will lose muscle mass. So we have to do something, whatever it is. That's how your body works. Well, guess what? That's how your spirit works too. It has to have resistance. And so... God knew this. And by the way, God doesn't cause our bad days. Bad days come, here's three main reasons. They come because you live on a broken earth. They come because we rub shoulders with broken people. And they come because we have an enemy. God's not, not bringing them into our lives. But you know what? God could have, if he wanted to, right? He could have. He could have, right after we accepted Jesus, just shoo, took, taken us to heaven and we just disappear. Um, that would have been fun for us. But I, I think anyone else that knew us would wonder uh, what happened. Did aliens take us? Who took us? I mean, there'd be so much controversy down here. So God decided not to do that. Wouldn't it be cool is after we accepted Christ, he, he just made us bubble people. You know, nobody could see it, but he put this invisible bubble around us. And the atmosphere of this earth, the bad things of this earth, they hit, they hit the bubble, but they never hit us. Wouldn't that be cool? Not really. We would never really grow spiritually. Our immune system would just be so terrible if that was the case, right? So here's what God did. He said, I'm going to make this work for their spirit the same as it works for their bodies. And we're going to use these bad days as resistance training, and I'm going to grow them as they go through their bad day. And so... He's allowed that to literally become a positive in our life. If we can understand that, we'll look at bad days so much differently. Now, James understood it. Listen to what he said, James 1, 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. So these are bad days. Considering a pure joy is you rejoice but how do you rejoice over a bad day? Well, you don't rejoice over the bad day. You rejoice over what's about to happen. He goes this. He says this in verse three, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And I guess the first question I want to ask, Boardman TCI Warren, do you know that? Do you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance? So your faith is your Christianity. That's what your faith is. And testing is the trials and here's what he means. In order to build perseverance, here's what happens. When you and I are going through trials, we're going through our bad days, to build perseverance, you know what we do? We keep going. That's endurance. Perseverance is endurance, and endurance causes us to grow. It's the resistance training, and so all he's saying is no matter what happens in your life, keep following Jesus, keep loving Jesus, keep serving Jesus, keep living for Jesus. And if you just keep going, it's like, it's like the distance runners, you know, you just keep going, keep going. You, you build up the endurance or the resistance people. You build up your spiritual muscles. And that's all he's saying. Listen to this now. Verse four, let perseverance finish its work. That means keep going no matter what's going on. Keep following Jesus so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. He's talking about your spiritual maturity, your spiritual growth, and he's saying you will not lack anything. You guys have heard me say this before. If Jesus would appear to me and say, Joe, I'll take you back two years, I'll take you back five years, and, and I'll rewrite your history so you don't have to go through this bad day or that bad day, I would tell him no. No. That, I grew so much during that time. So many rough edges were knocked out of my life. God, I, I don't want to do it again, but, but, but I'm glad because of what came out of it. You guys understand what I'm saying? So uh, when, when, when I talk about superheroes, my, my favorite marvel, which would be the Avengers, my favorite superhero is the, the Hulk. Now, if I go to DC Comics, the Justice League, it's Superman. So what does that say about me? I want my superheroes to be bulletproof, right? I just like that kind of superhero. So the Hulk, you know, he's just a normal guy. For those of you that are my age, around my age, remember when Bill Bixby was the first Hulk, and then then Lou Ferrigno, all they had to do was paint him because he was already a Hulk, right? And now the Hulk, man, what, what they do with video, the Hulk is an amazing being. And so if you've ever watched the Avengers or the old ones, You know who the Hulk is. And what happens? If you put him in a bad day, he he turns green, mean, and angry, right? And he just grows. And I really think you and I need to begin to look at our bad days that way. And we need to begin to say, you know what? I don't appreciate this bad day, but it's gonna make me green and mean and the Hulk's gonna come out of me. And I'm gonna be stronger when I get through it than I am right now. That changes everything. That's why you can have pure joy. We win even when we lose. And we begin to just look at life from God's perspective. And then this last one, this one's amazing. You ready? It goes like this. We win eternally when we lose. And I'm talking about the ultimate loss when someone dies. When a Christian dies, you know what? You may think they lost, but they've won eternally. And their eternal win is absolutely amazing. It hurts us But to to know where they went is amazing. But then for us that are aging, to know where we're going, it's amazing. Can I read a couple of scriptures? 2 Corinthians 4, 17. For our light and momentary troubles. Now, I think that's interesting. Here's what God calls your bad day. A light momentary trouble. Is it because he doesn't care? No. He's looking through the eyes of eternity. <laughs> so, you know, if you take this this whole wall, any of the walls in any of our building, and you put this little, little speck, that, that doesn't even really show accurately. The speck would be your life, the wall would be eternity. Guys. Our life compared to eternity we live on earth—it's it, just a little speck. You are an eternal creature, and when you can see, begin to see it. It changes everything. So he says, your light and, and momentary uh, troubles are achieving us. Your trouble makes something produced for you. An eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And in the context, eternal glory is just rewards. So, as you're going through a bad day and you're saying, I'm not going to let this mess me up emotionally and I'm, I'm not going to let this mess me up spiritually, you just keep fighting it and you say, I don't care what comes at me, I'm going to follow Jesus. You're laying up all these treasures and it's absolutely amazing. And he's just trying to help us focus on eternity instead of just this earth. in chapter 5, verse 1, 2 Corinthians says this, for we know that when this tent we live in now is taken down, when we die and leave these bodies, we will have wonderful new bodies in heaven, homes that will be ours forever, made for us by God himself and not by human hands. That's amazing. We're going to have new bodies for eternity. We're going to have mansions in heaven. It's amazing. Now, let me just talk to you about Something I've noticed in my life is I've watched. I watched my parents. They both passed away last year. I watched them age for the last decade. That was tough, you know. Uh, they become more frail, and many of you know from parents and grandparents what I'm talking. Just to watch them become more frail. My dad was a little guy. I think five six. See, about five six. And, uh, but he was feisty. He had seven boys. He had to be right. But he would half. we think he was teasing. He would tell us sometimes, Hey, I might be, not be able to take it with my fist, but I'll get a bat buddy. I'm going to win this battle, you know? And that, that was my dad. But then he, near death, he just wasn't feisty anymore. And I just watched him. He changed and I watched him become so frail and, and, and that's sad to watch. But then I just think about like all of us, he's crossed over he's got a new body coming. He's in a spiritual body. And then I love this verse. Listen to this verse, Revelation 21.4. Jesus, this was happened. When any Christian dies, Jesus will wipe away all tears from their eyes. So if your bad day caused tears, wipe them away. And there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, nor pain. All of that has gone forever. So think about it you'll never have another bad day once you cross over. Your loved ones will never have a bad day once they cross over. And what's he trying to say? We win even when we lose. And I'm looking at the greatest winners in all our candidates. You guys are winners. And if you're competitive, that should make you smile. Man, we already won. And then we can win emotionally. We can win spiritually. Let's take these bad days and let's turn them around. And why can't we turn them around? because it's finished. So I'm convinced every time I teach, because Christians have the Holy Spirit in them, I'm convinced God deals with our hearts to make some adjustments. So I want to just have a moment of prayer. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads, all the campuses. Let's just pray. Lord, I did my best to bring this truth out. And we take a moment. We just thank you that it's finished. We thank you that we win even when we lose. We thank you. We can win emotionally. We can win spiritually. We win eternally. Thank you, God. Thank you so much. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. I'm sure some of you, God dealt with you maybe about winning emotionally. So I just want to allow you to say, yes, God, I'm going to begin to look past the clouds. I'm sure many of you, God dealt with you that you can win spiritually. You're saying, I'm going to get back in the game. I'm going to follow him with a passion. I'm going to follow him. Regardless of all this, and I'm going to turn mean and green and tough on the inside like the Hulk. And I'm sure some of you, God's comforted you concerning the other side, where we're headed, where our loved ones have gone. And I'm just going to allow God to be God. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. We're still praying. But maybe at one of our campuses, you're visiting, and maybe you're not sure of your eternity. You know, it's amazing what God has done for us. And we talked about it in the message. So I don't have to say a whole lot. I just want to say this. Jesus said, whoever calls on my name, I'll save them. Can you remember a day when you said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven. Make a decision to follow you. I call it becoming personal in your relationship with Jesus. You know, growing up in America, this is what you call a post Christian society, which means that Christianity has been around so long, everybody's heard about it. And even some churches are this way, that you can grow up thinking you're a Christian, but you've never accepted Christ. So here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day when you made it personal with Jesus? And if you say, I can't, why not today? Why not call on his name right now? Everyone in the room is going to help you. And in all our campuses, can, can you help them pray? Just say this after me. If you're praying it for the first time, just believe it. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner who needs a savior. And this day, I look to Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. And this day, I receive you as my savior. And I make a decision to follow you. Amen, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you prayed that prayer, miracles happen. I mean, it's finished, right? The treasure's inside you, eternal life. It's inside you. It's amazing what God's just done. You might not have felt it, but it happened. You know what else is happening right now? The Bible teaches us that all of heaven, Jesus told us, all of heaven celebrates when one person accepts him as Savior.